Welcome back to the Cherry Picking Hockey Podcast, episode 15. I know last week I did mention that we would probably be back in office, but we are not back in office. So we are back on Zoom. Going to chat some hockey, obviously lots of storylines, lots of funny storylines, which is always exciting. Uh, Hopefully we're back next week in office. I'm hoping we can have a beer, we can celebrate, have an in-person podcast. Um, Avery is quitting drinking for the month, so we'll... I you mean, might have I to. Got, you might have to uh, tweet out a statement there, Abe. About that. Yeah, got out of control for a little bit. I'm trying to take my life back in my hands, you know, for months. But after that, we're good. Okay, so February. So February, Abe will be back drinking. Um, Thank fellows, you for your yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I want to start things off here with a quick uh, one at a time. Here, I want to say so. Drysital and the reporter. Everyone knows it's big talk of the NHL right now, obviously <laughs> the reporter went at it. He got called being pissy. I'm guessing all of you have seen the clip. I want to go around and see whose fault, who are you putting at fault here? Dry Seidel or the reporter? Jim Matheson, 100%. That's not Dry Seidel's fault. It's a stupid question after a loss like that. And then you ask the guy, why are you pissy? Like, <laughs> You're, you're an adult man. You shouldn't be asking another guy, why are you so pissy right now? That's just, that's embarrassing on Matheson's part, honestly. Yeah, I, I would put the fault. Like, I thought about it, and, like, it's not a great look the way that Dreisaitl was, like, his body language in that interview. When your team's doing shit, you're obviously one of the best players and people are looking up to you. And uh, his body language was horrendous during that interview. But obviously, he's had a couple go around with that reporter and he doesn't respect them. We've seen what Matthews and I forget who's that reporter. The Simmons. Yeah. We've seen how he treats him. Like they obviously there's a bunch of reporter player relationships that we don't really know the back end of it, but I'm guessing there was some sort of back end of that. That's why, like I'm guessing dry will probably treated the next reporter like a saint sort of thing a little bit. So I agree with Gianni. I think I'm going to put the blame here on the reporter. I uh, like obviously on both sides, they're kind of at fault. Like dry mm-hmm. was giving him a shitty answer and like, obviously can't tell it like guys being pissy after a loss. But like, my take on this is man, players are, <laughs> they're so mean to reporters all the time. <laughs> like they all like, off, like so often just give them shitty answers mm-hmm. and they have to just eat shit. Like that's just being a reporter has got to be an all time bad job. So I kind of like the idea that like eventually he's like snap back. Like he, the guy probably gets a bad answer like nine times out of ten. So to give it back to him, I actually like I don't hate. It. Yeah. So my thinking is they've been losing. They've been playing shitty hockey. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be a way like different story if Dressed was up there being all happy and nice and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Like it's more like a, oh the team's shitty. I kind of have to like be mad, right? Or else it kind of looks bad on me i think it was an after practice interview too like how the fuck would you want to talk to a loser like that after practice it's like let me go on with my day let me go home right and yeah. it's it's you're right cole it's, it has to be one of the shittier jobs that's why podcasting has gotten so popular right people don't ask them the same stupid generic questions yeah. after practice every day mm-hmm. you get to see their personality when you ask them oh how's the team doing when you've been playing that shitty of course it's like oh we like we need to play better right like there's only so many answers you can give at that point yeah so i thought I said, that... sorry. so no. i said for the longest time too is they they gotta get rid of the between interview uh sorry between period interview like they never get anything mm-hmm. out of those guys it's always like pucks and deeps follow the game plan and it's just like it's the biggest waste of time i don't even i think hockey's like the only sport that does that maybe other than like football, they interview the coaches as they go to the locker room. Like you just, yeah, you, you never, never get, get any sort of good content out of that. And it's just a waste of time. I don't know why they insist on continuing that tradition. Yeah. It's, it's, I guess it's like goes back to they've done it for so long. They don't want to change things, sort of thing. And hockey um, players give the worst interviews too. They never say anything about it. No. Yeah. They definitely have like very boring, not very, the top players in the NHL don't really have crazy personalities like Crosby, McDavid. They're just like guys who are just really good at hockey and yeah. don't well, really I care don't know for if that. That's type true, stuff. though. But the like, way think they about it. Like, themselves who, in the media is yeah. that way. But I'm sure to their teammates, it's a lot different. 100%. Well, do you guys remember in the playoffs last year? They were a guy was asking McDavid, he's like, or uh, McKinnon, 
Yes, and they lost. They got swept by Vegas, I think. And the reporter's question to him was like, um, you know, you guys have had a couple disappointing playoff losses. Do you guys ever just kind of go into a game and just think, you know what, fuck it, we're just gonna win today? Like, and then like McKinnon was like so dumbfounded by that question. Like, how do you just like ask a guy? just go into a game and just win and not think about it. Like that guy's not played a competitive sport once in his life. It's pretty much. Yeah. Like asking him like, Hey, what you ever think about winning this game? (laughs) Yeah. That that had to be one of like the craziest questions asked. Like, but then again, like that's like a really like that reporter's job is like, get his name out there. And like, and like, look, we still talk about that clip to this date. So like he's obviously remembered it was a dumb question, but sometimes those reporters like like their job is to ask like dumbass questions to get in the news, and that was like a uh, huge thing. Like it sucks. Like I don't even know how McKinnon could have answered that question, but like obviously right after a loss and their team was projected to like Stanley Cup, like winning was like one of the only outcomes that really would have been accepted, and they did. Math- Sorry. Does Matheson get to stick around now? Like, do you think he's just done? <laughs> oh, with the- oh, he's no. been around. He's been around mm-hmm. since the '70s for them. I'm pretty sure. I'm surprised I don't think they're getting rid of him for that. Yeah, I'm surprised. Like you, you guys heard like after like he just asked a cutthroat uh, question to follow up, and he <laughs> yeah. was just like, "You're you've been obviously pissed off, and your play has been showing on the ice, like blah blah blah,", blah and Drysdale just kind of. Like he handled that question very well. <laughs> Drysdale just sort of laughed and just said, "Yeah, <laughs> pretty much fuck off." But, yeah. but like that's just funny. But like you gotta expect that. Like reporters are gonna be ruthless when they ask you questions. Uh, I love when uh, I love when players in general just kind of give reporters shit like that. I just feel so good. There's this compilations on YouTube of just athletes from like whatever sport, like. Like everybody loves Marshawn Lynch going up and just being like, I'm just here so I won't get fined. Everybody mm-hmm. loves that because it's like on brand for him. And then just like when other guys do it, sometimes he would get a little pissed off. But I don't know. I think it's I think it's so good. The reporters always ask the dumbest questions to these guys after games. Sometimes they just have to eat their own shit about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh talking about uh exchanges, there was a little player exchange happening between Brad Marshan and Trochak. Uh, the Hurricanes, I don't know if you guys saw this, but pretty much like someone like compared Trochek's game to Brad Marchand and he was like, are you calling me a rat? And then Brad Marchand came out and said it's like comparing a Lamborghini to a Prius. And they've sort of been like going at it lately. And then the Hurricanes like just stomped on the Bruins. And you, we all know like the Hurricanes Twitter account is very active and loves to get involved with shit like this. And they tweeted out something um about Brad Marchand <laughs> and uh and he came back and chirped up the Carolina Twitter account but do you guys think that the way the Hurricanes run their Twitter account it's pretty much a two-parter here do you think that Twitter accounts should be doing this around the NHL and do the Hurricanes have the best Twitter account in the NHL oh, yeah absolutely like it's so that I'm talking about hard jobs, like running a social media account for a professional team to create like mm-hmm. any sort of traction has got to be such a tough job. So especially in a place like Carolina, like if you can do anything to get fans in the stadium, I think you're actually making an impact where most of those social media, like, I don't even know any memorable tweets from any other like professional team sports accounts or uh, social accounts. So the fact that they're able to like, I don't even know if you're able to get in the head of the players like a little bit and make a bit of a difference, get more people in the arena. I think it's great. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that Vegas used to be like, I feel like Vegas was way more in the news, their Twitter account when they first started. And now like I barely hear about Vegas's Twitter account, Carolina hurricanes just keep coming back. I feel like their, their social team has been in the news like constantly with interaction with like players from, outside and getting involved but i think it's good i think it's good for the game like as long as like management is like okay with it and they're not going against them but like i guess there is there is sort of a line that like social teams can't really cross um and the hurricanes are get real close to that line they're almost hugging that line where it's like holy fuck like i can't believe like they're like commenting on like players and other teams and stuff and sometimes it can go offside where it's just like kind of, I could, I could see why some people just hate it. Just hate the way that they run their social media. 
look, I, mean, I like the rivalry builds between players mm-hmm. and teams a bit more. Like Marshawn, I think the thing he said is like, "You're the re- you guys are the reason why players pay twenty percent escrow." Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. just because like, they lose so much money, uh, and that's like, how do you respond to that? Your team makes no money. A guy's rightfully chirping you for it. I think that's like. Like long term, I think that's good for the game. Like, I don't know if you fucking Leafs players are going off on somebody from Tampa or whatever. Mm-hmm. All that guy has to say is, "You guys haven't won since 1967." And yeah. what do you say? You can't respond to that. It's like it's just a mm-hmm. fact. So I think stuff like that's good. Like good for growing the game, getting more people interested. I agree. I agree. Okay. Dave, what are, what are your thoughts on this Twitter account? I know you're a huge Twitter guy, so. <laughs> It seems like uh, we might have uh, lost Avery here on this. Awesome. But uh, a, a, a time where uh, a <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, time that Carolina really towed that line of like, is this like okay that you're affected? This mm-hmm. stuff? Like, I can't imagine management loves this. Is when uh, with the Kotkin Yemi stuff. Yes, yes, I agree. Like they said, yeah. like thanks when the offer she went through. And you see when Montreal played. Carolina, like in October of this past year, yeah, they had like three or four like absolutely ruthless tweets. They said they tweeted out like the stats after the game, and they were like, "I'm just gonna offer these stats here on this sheet or something like that." And I was yeah, like, man, these guys that, do not hold back at all. That that's like that was when like an example of a line where it was like almost crossed when they were like yeah. doing the offer sheet stuff, and then it was kind of like affecting like both managements when they were trying to make a deal it's like okay like are they going too far here like like you love to see that but i almost thought that was like a little too far the way that they handled that offer sheet i mean i think the team likes it but i think mm-hmm. it's like what do you think like gary bettman sees yeah. like okay carolina offered cock and yemi that contract and then they gave like the g it wasn't the social media team the gm of the team gave cock and yemi a $20 signing bonus because that's all hose number. Yeah. Like they, <laughs> that's, that's a level of like the management is straight up saying like, yeah, we're, we are letting Montreal know this is so they can just eat shit on that. Yeah. And it's like, no. like the, I wonder what like Gary Bettman or the owners of other teams are like, what the hell is going on here? Like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. They probably that's, get like the management also like they're, like you said, Johnny, like they're definitely accepting this type of style. And it's obviously been in their framework of that's how they want to be. Cause obviously we know attendance isn't great in Carolina. So, I mean, having a, a very funny and, and even the shit they do after the game there, it's different. Like they have to do ways like that for, for their business to survive pretty much. Do you think yeah, like uh, the guy that runs, to, yeah. do you think the there guy that runs their socials is like, has to go to management and get, like a confirmation that, Hey, can I tweet out this like kind of edgy tweet? Cause I love the idea of like some 25 year old kid running their socials, just going rogue, giving other GMs fits. Like, Yeah. I, I think, I think to a certain extent, he probably needs validation on certain tweets, but the problem is, is like, it, he has to be like, whoever's running their socials has to be fast and quick. Oh yeah. Like they don't have time. Like the GM also doesn't have time to approve anything. So my guess is there's, there's some sort of manager that just got the green light and he's just he like, I could just <laughs> so see he, it. Like <laughs> he has like a, a guideline of like, if it's, yeah. if it's something he just wants to send out, I feel like it's somebody who has a good enough understanding of what he's allowed to do. And then if it's like the Kotkin Yemi thing, like they definitely had meetings about how they're handling that situation because yeah. again, top, like nobody looked at the contract Kotkin Yemi got and he said, Oh, they got him at a good value. Like yeah, he's no. so ridiculously overpaid and the management, like I, it seems like they made a marketing decision in giving Cockney. I mean, that deal more than like a hockey operations decision. No. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I right? completely so, agree. Mm-hmm. Shit like that. They definitely have like high level meetings about. Yeah. Avery, Avery is back after he was frozen during this topic. Um, yeah, we we do want his out. opinion. We do want this, his opinion on this Twitter debate here, but what do you think of the Hurricanes Twitter account? I think the fact that we're talking about them means they're doing a good job. Right? Yeah. yeah. The fact that we don't have any other social team to talk about means that like, they're getting notoriety. They're doing a good thing. And it, you can't fault them for what they're doing at all. I think it's mm-hmm. good for the game. People who don't follow hockey, you see a tweet like that and you see a player going back and forth with another team. 
it's only good for the game, I think. So it makes a lot of sense. I think they're doing a good job. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Sportsnet came out with something I saw. They're called their segment Rink Fries, which I thought was a funny segment, but um, pretty much most interesting players at the deadline. I'm going to name three players here, and I want want to know your guys' thoughts here. Patrick Line was discussed, Claude Giroux, and Thomas Hurdle. What do you guys think of those three players, and do you think they'll be dealt at the deadline? Patrick Liney, no, I don't think so. He was like the one guy that he said was like a stretch because I guess he he's an RFA next year. So if Columbus doesn't plan on signing him, then he could get dealt. That would well, be. An I heard interesting... somewhere I don't I don't know how valid like the validity to this, but I heard that um, Columbus might be in on Chitrin, mm-hmm. which would be ridiculous for them. But if you're getting a guy like Chitrin and you're you move. Why need to do that? I don't, I mean, that seems like there's value there, I guess. Yeah. If you're going to do that, but that's true. I, I could see that. How realistic is Giroud to you guys? Because Philly's pretty bad this year and they've been bad. And like at some point, you know, they're going to have to sell off some. And is he a UFA at the end of the year? Um, I'm not too sure. I believe he is because his trade is like pretty much like he's going to get traded, is pretty yeah, much the talk is. right now on UFA. Claude Giroud. I yeah. think that holy shit, if Claude Giroux went to like a team like the Minnesota Wild, man, I think that would be a great yeah. ad for them. Like they, they could use like a veteran on that team and, and getting a guy who can also produce, like that'd be huge for them. Uh, he makes a decent amount. So Philly's gotta retain on that. And mm-hmm. then they're retaining, you're gonna be paying a lot for him. Point so two. like like what what's a uh like what's like a trade package for him? Like you talking like first prospects? Like, what are you getting for Giroux if you're doing that? Yeah, based off like even looking at what they traded for like Jack Eichel, like it shouldn't even be near that ballpark of what you're getting, what you're trading for Giroux because Giroux is like Jack Eichel still has like what eight years on his contract, a ten, yeah. I guess still ten million. So like, like that. Looking at that return, like I don't think you have to give up much for Giroux. Like I'm thinking like. I'm thinking of a, maybe a prospect in a first. Like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, anything more than that. I guess a lot of people will want Giroud just because he's a, he's a veteran and, and he would be – he can also produce for your team. So, that's very valuable for anyone in the playoff hunt. But I can't see the asking price being, like, extremely high. No, no, no. Uh, he's not that young, too, right? Yeah. Like, for mm-hmm. a rental – if you're giving up the farm for a rental, you better win the cup. Yeah, right? I agree. I agree. I don't. I can't see a top prospect being traded here for Giroux. I I would be shocked if a top prospect got traded for Giroux. I, it's always surprising me, like how much teams are willing to give up on rentals. Like you mm-hmm. get the guy for a couple months, you can really give up a top prospect. Like it's kind of like, I don't know. Again, led to the Penguins type thing. Mm-hmm. We can get a first round and a couple. Like a couple guys or something like that. Seems like a lot. What did the Leafs trade for Felino last year? John, you remember? Uh, I believe first. it was a first, and then there was a first and like another like side piece. And I Jeez. think it was like a conditional pick or something. Yeah, that's that's like, like, a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Like it's because the thing is, like last year, there was only there was no like the, all the Leafs wanted was like a power forward penalty mm-hmm. kill specialist. And there was none available at the deadline. Like four teams are on Felino. Mm-hmm. The crazy thing is a guy like Taylor Hall, I'm pretty sure went for less. Yeah. yeah. That's, and like a large part of that was that uh, Taylor Hall had that no trade. And he was only willing to go to a couple teams and mm-hmm. there was like more factors in it, but yeah, sometimes teams just, it only looks bad when like, the Leafs didn't make it past the first round and yeah. Felino was injured the entire time. Yeah. So it looks really bad, but like in a uh, 2015, I always go back to this one trade. The Hawks traded a first round pick to Arizona for Anton Vermette to be mm-hmm. their fourth line center. And that's like a crazy, like give up for what Vermette was at that time. Uh-huh. And then the whole, they won the cup. So nobody ever looks back on that trade as like, you know, the Hawks gave up way too much for him. It's just, it's, if you win, nobody cares in the end. Right. So 
Was Bill Guerin like a rental too when the uh, when the Pens won a cup like uh, like their first few years against Detroit? I feel like that was a rental that stuck out to my mind. That sticks out in my mind. He got traded from who? there for. Yeah, he got traded from who again? Who's the Islanders? That? Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. again, it's guys like that, and then yeah. it just depends how you do, right? Like you can say uh, Tampa gave up two first round picks for uh, Blake Coleman. Right, they gave up their first, and then they gave up Nolan Foot, who was their first round pick the year before. Like that's two first round picks for a bottom six winger, right? Like, like it's just the the results are all that matters in the end. If you win, it's a good trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I agree. I think it's results. It, someone's gonna push push the push the needle with Giroux. Like people are gonna see how valuable, and like you said, based on the path. I guess the asking price should be high. It's just like when you're comparing it to what they got for Jack Eichel, it's just tough to see it. But then again, these are teams that are, I guess not desperate, but they're in need of a push. So they're going to overpay, right? Like it's just the nature of the trade deadline versus the Jack Eichel situation was kind of like, like relaxed and the asking price was obviously high to start and it kept going on that at some point they just need to get rid of them. I think they should have waited. Like if Jack, I guess Jack Eichel, did he take that surgery? Do we know if yeah. he took that surgery? He did. Yeah, he he got it, and he's like skating and everything. Like he's back. Like was the right decision in the long run. Yeah. I mean, so, if Buffalo didn't bitch about it. He would have been like almost ready at the start of the season. Would he not have been? Yeah. Like, oh, he would, would have been ready in the summer. He would have made training camp. They gave it to him when he asked. I wonder if Vegas, if uh, not Vegas, if Buffalo would have got more if they waited till the deadline. But he, they wanted him out. But I wonder if they traded him now and he was skating. Well, they told him based on his health. Well, the, yeah. the if they didn't, he wouldn't have got the surgery like under them. Like if they gave mm-hmm. him the surgery, then they definitely would have got more. A big thing with it was if you traded for uh, Eichel. You had to wait for him to get the surgery. So, yeah. like, how long ago did he get traded? It's been months. Yeah, it's and been he's months. still not playing for the team that acquired yeah. him. Yeah, no, you got that right. Um, okay, I wanted to talk about uh, Quentin Byfield. Uh, he's getting called up to the LA Kings. Um, I guess he 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 broke his foot right before the year, uh, something like that. He had an injury. Um, a lot of people are sort of been speculating that. They think that Byfield uh, could end up being a bust. Um, I wanted to know, kind of feel the room here. What would you put your percentages at of Byfield turned out to be a bust looking in, let's say in five years, we look back and he's a bust. What percentages would you give to that potential outcome? I don't know. I think it's still too early to know. Yeah. What do you call a bust? Like a bust is like, he ends up being like, out of the top six in five years. Like he's not a top six forward for the LA Kings. 50%. I don't know. <laughs> I was, Tyler. I was thinking, the, I was thinking the same. I don't know. I, 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 I think it's like, it's getting up there to me, like 60, 60, 70% that I think that Byfield just doesn't end up being a top six forward in the NHL. And I, I like Byfield. I like Byfield. So I put it around. Like, I think he'll, Probably, I think he'll be okay, like 40%, I would say. But they like the fact that he still hasn't put up any sort of numbers in the AHL is a little mm-hmm. concerning as a big guy. Do you think it's a better sign or a worse sign, the fact that he's like a big physical guy and he's still like, do you think those guys take time or since they're bigger, should they come in the league and do well quicker? Technically, like they should, like technically if you're like the big, him being bigger and like athletic was like his huge like point that he was so physical and big. Yeah. I don't think it should take you longer. I think if you're bigger, it should actually be the opposite. It should be quicker than if you're smaller personally, like, I guess, the, I guess people will argue, I guess it's the speed aspect and getting them up to speed. Cause obviously the NHL is a higher pace than what he's used to in the OHL uh-huh. uh, with the wolves. But I think if you're bigger then you fit right in, because obviously the NHL is a physical game and it's, it's more physical than the OHL hockey. So the players are bigger. Like that's, that's the one thing a lot of people say when you're talking about people, people who play in the AHL who come from the OHL, they say the number one thing they notice right away is how physical the game is and how, how bigger the bodies are. So like if Byfield can fit in right away, you think that would, that would translate right into his game right away. Uh, well, I, I think, 
Like, I think you see this too sometimes. Like, like I get what you're saying with mm-hmm. like that argument, but if you're if you're used to bullying like 16, 17, 18 yeah. year olds who are like so much smaller than you, and that's your game, you can just easily body guys off the puck. Yeah. Then once you get to a game where guys are actually bigger than you, then it becomes now you actually have to change how you play because you can't just do that. I think you see that with like there's guys like Lawson Krause who was just a force in the in juniors and he comes to the NHL and he can't just like shove guys off the puck anymore. He can't just like keep them away. So it's so much harder for him because of his size. Yeah. He's 19 years old, right? Like yeah. for someone who kind of struggled in the world juniors too in these bigger time tournaments, yeah. I'd believe it's concerning, but we you got time on it. You can't same with Lafreniere, right? Same draft. Yeah. It's Wow. They were calling him a bust after that as well, but you give him time to find a spot here. No, yeah, I, I, was I think. Uh, sorry, go there, Gianni. I was gonna say, I think uh, LA is a good spot for him because he's playing behind Kopitar yeah. and Dano, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of pressure, like a lot of responsibility taken off him. He can just kind of worry third line minutes, not have to do anything too hard for him. He can just take it easy. He's not going to be leaned on for anything too serious. Yeah, the good thing is in a Canadian market too, right? Yeah, like this would be way more heightened yeah. than it is. So it's it's a blessing where he is. Yeah, I agree with that. It's definitely a blessing. I agree with Johnny. I think it what you said makes a lot of sense. Like these guys are bigger, and like a big part of his game. Like even when I played hockey back in the day, uh, when you can knock a guy off the puck, it it completely changes the way you play. And like when you get to a certain level where your hits aren't hitting as hard and they're just kind of, you're just kind of bouncing off them. Then you have to completely change the style of play you're playing, right? You're, you're more stick checking versus hitting. And that's, that's probably what Byfield is going through right now is, is changing his style of play because obviously what he, what he's used to isn't what he's always been the bigger guy. Like, and now he's not the bigger guy. So he's got to change his game a little bit. Um, Okay, so the all-star teams obviously got released and Nathan McKinnon has been circling around because he made a comment about how uh, Kadri was, he ended up getting in as like a last man in, but on the first team, he wasn't in. Uh, the NHL still has that, has that rule about everyone gets one player in the, in the all-star game and McKinnon sort of called it out. Uh, do we think that the NHL should change the way they pick players for the all-star game? A hundred percent. Does anybody actually care about the All-Star game though? Yeah, <laughs> that's another thing. That's the other argument. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, did you see the other side of what McKinnon said as well? He, he also said like in 2017, I went to the All-Star game. Like, There's no way I should have gone to the All-Star game too. Mm-hmm. So I kind of respect the uh, to put himself out there like that. But it's so dumb. I, I mean, I guess the idea is to, you know, grow the game and have everyone represented. But I feel like if, you're going to get a lot of, like, you're right, Johnny, no one really cares about the all-star game, but if you're going to grow any sort of intrigue in it, you should have the best players there and not yeah. just someone from every team. I feel like that's, that's way more intriguing than having just a, a bunch of mid-level players out there. Yeah. My guess is the NHL sees it as like, if you're a fan of a team and you don't have a player in the all-star game, you, you probably won't watch the game, which is probably the way they see it. Uh, Cause they like, feel like they won't support it if no one for a team. But I mean, overall, like it's, it's, it's about money, but it's also, you know, not a charity case. Like it is supposed to be an all-star game. It, it should be the best player at the NHL or else it's, it's not an all-star game. Like that's not the definition of an all-star game. Like we dealt with that with uh, <clears throat> when we did our uh, lug hockey uh, all-star Avery knows we had to pick the teams and, you know, people were expecting that we were going to pick, uh, a player from each team, but hey, you know it's an all-star game, okay? Like yeah. you pick the best players in the league. That's just how it works. <laughs> we had some, we had like, some it, backlash. We on did, the we did get some, we did, we did get some major backlash on picking the team. But overall, I think we did a great job picking the team. I mean, this, I think that it's, I think it's a complete joke. I mean, when you have your, when you have one of the best players and one of the faces of the NHL calling you out on the way you do an all-star game, is it's not a good look for the NHL and. I really but don't. Fan voting isn't a better option either. Like no, Kansas fan City voting Royals, is not a better option. No, Kansas City Royals a couple years ago just had like their whole team was the All Star players. 
Yeah, because you're just going to get the cities that care about it the fucking most. That will exactly. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, to anybody watch the uh, trivia video we put out, uh, we asked about Gergensen's. Gergensen's yeah. got in because the, the entire country of Latvia, Latvia was spam voting him to get in as a fourth liner to represent the country. So, I think we there's had a John level Scott of like, too, right? Uh, yeah, John, yeah, John Scott, Scott. Yeah, that was a big got one. in because he was like the worst player in the league. And then the NHL made it so much more drama than it had to be. They should have just embraced embraced it as a meme. Like, this is the guy you guys wanted. Watch the All-Star game with John Scott. That got so many eyes on the game. He won the MVP. They carried it around on the ice. <laughs> like, can you th- – like, I remember that from an All-Star game. Can you remember anything else from any All-Star game? I remember when they did the draft. I remember when they did the draft. Yeah. Yeah, like, the why, did, why did they get rid of that? Like, I thought that did pretty well. It was like hilarious. I, we still talk about Phil I think Kessel. I think it's because of the division realignment. Oh. They, they really want to push. They really want to push for that. But John Scott's getting know. a movie now, and they're making this big old thing. I feel weird about that whole thing. I feel like it's just like, don't you let like your little brother just score a goal on you? And you're like, oh, my God, I want in. Yeah, that's like how I felt the whole week, and I was just like, "This is, I don't know, I don't know." Like, it's a nice story and that sort of thing, but it just like he's clearly out of place. It was just an odd, an odd weekend. I, I thought the whole. I mean, he said he was out of place, right? Like, I. Yeah. You have to be some type of. You have to be an idiot if you're not self-aware enough to know that you shouldn't really be there. And yeah. like he was in the minors at the time, right? Like they yeah. traded him to Montreal that's and right. sent him. Yeah. Back. yeah. Yeah, that's like a league conspiracy that the NHL forced that trade to happen. So he like Arizona didn't have a representative that year because John Scott was technically their representative, <laughs> but he did. He wore uh, when he did. So he was in the hardest shot. He did. He wasn't wearing a Habs jersey. He was wearing a black jersey with the NHL logo on it. Oh, what really? Because they fumbled. Yeah, they fumbled the bag. So they could have made that such a better spectacle than it actually was. Yeah. But the NHL is like so hell bent on making the All Star Game serious instead of just like yeah, it's like we know it's a joke. They yeah, can just make it so much more fun. They they they're always changing the rules and trying to see what sticks, and it seems like nothing ever sticks. But until the players care about the game, there's mm-hmm. no reason the fans should really care about it, right? Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. Like a couple of years ago, they had to make a rule that if a player said I don't want to go, they got like suspended, suspended for a game. Yeah, yeah. which ridiculous. is insane. Just like mm-hmm. the, the, there was the one year Yager won the fan vote, and he basically said, "Like, please don't vote me. I need the week off to rest." I'm like, he, he was begging fans not to send him so he could rest because he's old, and yeah. they voted him anyways, and he had to go. The NHL All Star Games, like it's it's bad, but I wouldn't even say it's the worst out of the major pro sports. Where did no, you guys no. rank that? Like football is Pro Bowl is just. Like almost, yeah. it's literally unwatchable. The MLB, the MLB, the MLB game might be one. To be honest, it used to be when they used to be home, like it would be like, like there was it would be an advantage in the mm-hmm. World Series. Yeah, final yeah, yeah. Which I thought was, nice. a, yeah, that was kind of it was an interesting way of doing. I know players didn't like that, right? Dave didn't really like that the way they did well, that. Sure. I think the fucking the owners and the teams didn't really like it. Yeah, yeah, it off, really like yeah. Hey, if you want to uh, make it count, then like. That's a way of doing it. Like, fuck, you better try, or I don't give a shit what you guys think, mm. sort of thing. But I think the MLB is probably one. Like, I, I, I don't mind watching that game. Like, it, it's kind of shitty that like how many pitchers are pitching in that game, and then you got to go to commercial every time they use a new pitcher because they need to warm up. That's the only shitty aspect of the MLB game, I think. But other than that, it's it seems like a great atmosphere. Like the home run derby has been a it's classic. Best part of any yeah or the slam dunk competition home run yes baby. yeah i ah, find the slam dunk competition now is yeah. getting a little dry just sure. the dunks are like so yeah. similar every year but, basketball just the nba all-star game too has just slowly gotten worse and worse yeah every year. like the score's yes. like 200 to 230 i don't know it just it, they keep getting worse it seems like over the i feel like i used to care about the all-star game as a kid now i just it's such a joke i don't think anyone cares about it yeah, it's a joke. Uh, uh, NBA All Star Weekend is better, and I think one of like I think one of the things too the NHL really screws up on is like the NHL says here's our All Stars. Anybody who's selected has to compete in the competition. Where in other leagues it's like you'll get a guy like Zach Levine when he did the 
slam dunk competition. He was one of the best. He had one of the best dunks of all time. He was not an all-star player though. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's so like, yeah, that was weird. If you yeah. Can, if you can get Kapanen, Barzell, Mikheyev, guys like that to go in the fastest skater, that would be more fun. Or if like, yeah, mm-hmm. like just send Chara for hardest shot. People just like, don't put him in the game, but put him in hardest shot. If I they think start Zegers is going like for the skills this year. I think they are sending some people. They, I think they usually send a couple rookies, rookies? to the skill competition yeah. regardless. But they should just like, I don't know, if Chara wants to go for hardest shot, like allow him. Like, I think it's a good way too to get some younger faces into the game. Like they don't have to be rookies. No, yeah, I think there's some more unique stuff you can do. Yeah, that would be smart to uh, try that. At least give them the option. I wonder if they've uh, tried that before, and players have just said just decline the offer because they don't want to travel there or whatever just to do one event. But it's not like we've seen it before. But then again, I guess the NBA, you could counter and say they're probably getting some sort of money and incentive to go there to do that, right? More than what they would get with hockey going to do a slap shot competition. Um, But anyways, talking about atmospheres uh, with COVID-19, obviously, uh, we got to witness in the last two years, like, I guess, like what an empty barn feels like in the NHL makes you really appreciate uh, when you see a packed barn. Uh, the question came up. I know that like we could try to answer this the best of our ability, but who has the best home crowd in the NHL, in your opinion? Jesus. Oh, man. That's tough. I like the I mean, Habs atmosphere a lot. Have you been to a Montreal game? Not in Montreal. I feel like it would, I feel like I've, I've that's something that I would want to go to, like just like a big game in a Montreal, because Montreal obviously is one of the first teams that come to mind. Boston is another one, like playoff Boston home game. I feel yeah, like would be close. would be one of the best home crowds out there. I mean, the Rangers actually looked pretty. I don't know how like diehard their fans mm-hmm. are, but the MSG looked pretty pretty going when they fucking beat the Leafs this week. Jones, yeah, I mean they're. Teams. They're a bit of they're like what the least kind of have sometimes where there's like that big blue collar crowd, yeah, the first few rows or white these collar crowd. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, these, these games, games are terrible. Suck. Such a bad vibe. Uh, it's like one of the movies. The two that stick out of like, I mean, you, you feel like you really see it when they go on playoff runs. Yeah, uh, like Chicago, the Madhouse when they were doing their runs back in the day, were like you could feel it through the TV. Those were awesome. And then I wouldn't say that it's like a hockey town, but Nashville, when they were on yeah. their run, like, I think it's just a party city. So yeah. they like, they, it was just sick to see all the people out on Queens Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, so Nashville kind of was pretty sweet back in the day too. You also I have just, to think like Philly too. Like yeah. these, mm-hmm. these old, older teams, their fans are diehards. When it comes time, when it comes down to it, those places are filled. They're loud every time you're playing a playoff game. Yeah, it's crazy because you can like you can talk like we can probably name like eight to ten teams that like like the Oilers, for example, if they were in the if they were had a long playoff run, I bet you we'd be talking about that atmosphere there. Sort of being they're crazy. also they're also the worst. Did you see that the guys were throwing jerseys on the ice the other day? I think <laughs> that's the night, dumbest right? thing. Just throw yeah, if you're throwing a jersey on the ice. Like after your team loses, you're just an idiot. That's like 150 bucks at least. Yeah, that's you're just, just like on the ice, man. You're, you're, you're to telling them you're gonna buy a new jersey. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, insane. I, I, just I hate to get off of this, but I, Johnny, this is a thing. Me and you have talked about for a while. I saw a TikTok where they talked about not. They thought it was outrageous to buy a jersey younger than someone, and they just got absolutely shit on. Your yeah, thoughts on that? Listen, listen, okay. You're not gonna tell a grown adult they can't wear a Matthews jersey or a McDavid jersey because it's their favorite team of all time. Like that's so like I don't know. I feel like if an 80-year-old guy's wearing a McDavid jersey, you wouldn't tell him off. But like if a like a 26-year-old guy is like what? Like why I don't I can't comprehend what's wrong with that. It actually blows my mind. That somebody's like, oh, that guy's younger than you. You can't wear his jersey. No, I don't give a shit. I'm wearing – I love him. He's my favorite player. He makes me happy. 
It is a funny discussion. Like Avery said that he found that TikTok and the guy was getting ripped apart. And like, what was it like a month ago? We had that big, well, it wasn't a big talk, but it was a topic discussion. I said, I thought it was, I thought it was like, I don't care. But if I see like a 55 year old wearing like an OHL jersey, odd. Yeah. Really, I think that's weird. But I'll, I'll, I'll give you this is a kind of a separate point. I think if you're above the age of like, 12 you shouldn't wear a team jersey with your name on it oh that's that, that, that's another yes, discussion. yes yeah, yeah. yeah that is, okay, that is a completely separate topic but yes you only should not youth be wearing jerseys that. should have uh only youth jerseys should have like your name on it yeah the option you know think, Dave, do you think it's weirder if like you're 26 28 wearing like an 18 to 20 year old jersey 20 year old jersey or for a 55 to 60 year old to wear like an 18 to 20 year old person's player's jersey. I think the 55 year old is weirder. Yeah. I think that's odd. That's a, See, I think a that's tough question. More normal. I think that's almost yeah. more normal for you Maybe. to like, it's essentially, is it? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough, somebody tough who's debate. your this kid. It's, some, it's somebody who'd be like your kid's age. Yeah. Where it's like, like, I, I feel like cheer for like, this kid. See that like, putting it like that, Johnny feels really goddamn weird. So like, weird. is it though? Like I don't know. Like okay, so it's like hey, there's guys in the league who are younger than us. We call yeah. them kids. Like we're like, oh, that kid's sick. Yeah, but yeah. if you're if you're 55, everybody in the league is a kid to you. Yeah. Right. So I'm not saying I can't say I like them. It's the the difference <laughs> is like going out and buying a jersey and wearing like this kid's name on my back. Yeah, like why it's just like, an odd you, concept. Like, unless you know the person, it's I think it's just a little a little odd. Like I I wouldn't bat twice at it, it'd be like, okay, like that's fine. Like you go out and see it. It's like okay, that's fine. But just buy like a team sweater, like a a hoodie or something to support mm-hmm. the team, in my opinion, what if you're that old. What are your thoughts on uh, what are your thoughts on no name jerseys though? Like no name on the back jerseys. Are you a fan of those? No. No, I'm yeah, not. I don't like those at all either. Really? I, I don't like those at all either. I, don't, I, I have a ton of them. I have a ton of jerseys that have no names. Mm-hmm. And like, so much more boring. <laughs> yeah, I feel it's, like it's just like you're just telling people like you can't you can't afford something with, with a name on it. Are you calling him poor right now? No, 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 no. no, no just, here? <laughs> we go we go from a uh, Cole's aunt's house that's being apparently massive <laughs> next to a Ginlet to me not being able to afford names on the back of my jersey. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know where this is going on the show anymore. Yeah. Well, I feel uh, like we're in the minority on this one, eight. So I feel like we're yeah, definitely no, in the minority. I'm fine with it. Like, yeah, I I think I just like wearing like I wear I have this Canucks jersey I wear in the ODR. It's an Alex McGillney old school Canucks jersey. Lame. Like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel better than wearing like Elias Pedersen on the back of that. Uh-huh. I could be, yeah. wrong. I'm fine with being, I'm fine with being wrong in this situation. I wouldn't bat an eye if any of you guys did it. Just it's something. I don't know why it's something. It's it's definitely been a debate. We'll need to know people's opinion. We know our, one of our, uh, one of our viewers or frequent viewers, uh, ghost in the discord. He's <laughs> advocate that he will wear a McCarr jersey. He will wear yeah. a car jersey, which is fine, which is fine, yeah, which is accepted. We just thought yeah. we'd throw out that it might be a little odd. It might be a little odd to some people. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, I want to talk about Sheldon Keefe. Uh, obviously, Abe was talking about the atmosphere at the Rangers game. Rangers have been great this year, but the least lost 6-3. Uh, and he calls out the team for uh, – he pretty much called them out and said, like, we weren't in the game. We weren't – what was it, Gianni? Was it, what was the word he used? Saw. It? it was like soft, right? Like he's called this team soft. Uh, do, does do the Leafs need to make a move at the deadline, or is this team ready to contend for the cup? Because it's, it's not a great look when your when your coach is obviously calling you soft, and it's been one of the things that uh, people are critiquing for a while now that this team needs more, you know, smashing bodies around like Bruins hockey sort of plays. But do we think the Leafs need to add someone, or do you think this was just a case of the coach was just trying to wake up the, the fellows, you know, trying to wake up the fellows. Uh, they brought in like Nick Ritchie. Like mm-hmm. I don't blame them for signing that contract. Like sometimes they don't work out and that's okay. Like he just really didn't work out. I think Simmons just doesn't have that juice in him anymore. Yeah. yeah. 
Bunting's a good little rat on the top line. They got a bunch of guys who are like pretty good, but I think the defense doesn't scare anybody. It's all puck movers. Yeah. You got yeah. Muzzin, who's actually like a pretty big guy, but he's looked like he's just kind of stepped behind this year. I don't know if they it's just tough. They're so close. They're like missing something. I don't know exactly. I couldn't even tell you what it is. If you asked anybody to look at this roster, like objectively, like don't pretend it's not the Leafs. It's a good Mm -hmm. roster top to bottom. I don't know if it's like a top five roster, but it's a really good one. They just like, I don't know. There's, there's something they, they got to make a trade if they're actually serious this year. Like last year they went for Nick Foligno didn't work. Yeah. There's got to be somebody out there who's gonna who's gonna fit in. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see if they do anything at the deadline. They could take an approach where it's like we're riding with whatever we have right now. Like this is our squad. This is what we're gonna do. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, it's just it's just tough. Like you would have to reconstruct the entire team to be something like the Bruins, right? Like that play aggressive hockey. Like it's it's not easy to just fix, especially with all the money you're committing to your top guys. So maybe they just take a, an approach where they go full offense and get an offensive player at the deadline. Cause obviously them trying to be physical and adding that body like hasn't been working. Um, and we saw that uh, recently. So it'll, it'll be interesting what we see, but I thought that was interesting um, calling out the team, but Holy crap, man, come playoffs. This Leafs team, like this entire team is going to be going potentially one of the most pressured playoffs they've been through like i think there's going to be so much pressure on the leafs to win the series their first series like i i just like i can't even imagine how like looking at that that series you guys probably watch it that doc on amazon prime and just seeing how dubas is talking to martyr and matthew martyr looks devastated like just devastated like the pressure these kids are I am calling them kids now, even though they're a little older than me, but um, to put on themselves is actually like a little bit tough to watch, but they get, but they get so much money that like, you're kind of like, ah, well, I was going to get 11 mil in the air, put as much pressure as you want on me. But um, do you think that these guys are putting too much pressure on themselves? Um, It's so what all you said, I'll kind of go back to what I think here. Mm -hmm. Boston's coming for Toronto right now. Like Mm -hmm. Boston's playing really good hockey. It was more of a thing like, hey, fellas, like we need to wake up, like what we're going through. That division's probably the best division in hockey. Is that yeah. what we're thinking right now? Florida, Tampa, Boston, the Leafs. Top the Leafs four is amazing. Good. Bottom yeah. four sucks. Yeah. Sure. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So top, obviously top heavy, but those teams are fucking sick. Yeah. Like yeah. them getting a wild card spot is probably what's going to happen here unless they we figure this out quick. And then it's right back to where they were from all the years before, right? Like, not at the top of the division, playing a better team in the playoffs. Like, oh, you guys need to win because you're the Leafs. These guys are making so much money. And then the pressure's on them from the outside, but it really shouldn't be. They should, when you're the lower seed, you should be playing with less pressure. Like, yeah, you should think you have nothing to lose, but the history of the team, how much notoriety they get, everyone covering them is the pressure that's been put on. Yeah, there's going to be. It's exciting though. It's definitely exciting. There's so I, I think there's so much pressure because like if they go out in the first or second round again, you can't just run back the same squad for mm-hmm. what the third or fourth year in a row. There's going to be like you'd assume that one of those big pieces is going to have to move to make room for something else to shift something around to change up the lineup. So you're not like continuously just losing the first or second round again. So I mean, I feel like if you're Marner. I feel like that's in the back of your head all the time. That's like, fuck, if we don't, we don't do it this year. I might be out of here. Yeah. No, I, 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 I have a bit of, I don't know if this is a hot take for you guys. This might sound like a bit of a loser mentality, but <laughs> if you lose in the first round in seven to a team like Tampa Bay, yep. like if, if those of all those games are close, like you're not like just getting clapped when you lose and it's a close game when you win, you play just seven hard games. Like, I don't know, how can you say, like, well, like, we lost to the team who has back-to-back cups. Like, if the Islanders played Tampa in the first round last year and lost, is that more of a disappointment than losing to them in the third round? Like, you lost to the same team. So it's, it's, it's a bit of, like, 
I think last year when they lost to Montreal yeah, is that was... when that was the first legitimate, like them and when they lost to Columbus. Columbus those are legitimate. Yeah. Like you should not lose those series. But when you mm-hmm. lose to Tampa, it's like one of the, like if Tampa loses in the first round, people aren't going to say, well, that's a disappointment because mm-hmm. they have cups already. But I would say that's it's more of a disappointment. For, I would say it's more of a disappointment for Tampa to lose in the first round of Toronto than it's for Toronto to lose to Tampa. But just it's the perspective of Toronto never wins. You have a proven group in Tampa that can win cups. Like they, they've done it before. You've got mm-hmm. a group of guys that have been out in the first round four years, like consecutive years. At some I mean, point, you can't just keep like running it back with the same group. It's I would nice. argue too. Tampa's Tampa had a worse first round loss when they got swept by Columbus than tr- any of Toronto's losses. Yeah. yeah and they but, just ran back that roster. Yeah. But, yeah, but you got to look at lightning though. They came back and won two cups in a row though. After that. Right. Like you right, look at but that with cl- the exact same roster though. That's the thing. Yeah. But the Leafs should, the Leafs should like are past that, that Columbus swept. I feel like they're past that. Like they lost to Columbus. The best of three Columbus was like, that was almost embarrassing for the Leafs and the yeah. Montreal. Like they should have, they should have destroyed them. Uh-huh. How do you, you can't blow a three, one series lead against no, a team that not. you should be in fact, like beating handily and you're up three, one and you blow it with two home, like two home games. Like that's on, that's crazy. So now like they've, I mean, they've earned this type of pressure, like losing to Montreal last year. You look, you're going to play a really strong team in the first round this year and you better, you better come ready to play. And if they don't put up a fight, I mean, it's going to, the expectation is going to be, obviously you're in Toronto, you're in a market that's huge is you better win that series. But I think whoever they play, it's, it's not going to be a four game swept by Toronto. It's going to be a hard fought seven game series because uh, those teams are just too good. Those are cup contending teams. It sucks for the Leafs, but they're going to have a very hard first round matchup. So let me, okay, let me ask, I want all your guys' opinions on this. What's like more, what's a worse season for the Leafs? You win in the first round and you just get absolutely destroyed, swept in the second round, or you have a good seven game hard fought battle that was basically a coin flip. It was game seven overtime and you lost. What's uh, a worse outcome for them? What's a worse season? In the first round. Yeah, I would, I would still think. Yeah. Losing in the first round. It's, yeah. the, it's the mental of, hurdle yeah. more than it is the actual thing, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. I think from a management perspective, like you can see through that. I know like, oh, we like lost to it. If that team does well, like, and it's a coin flip game, I think you that's more of a positive. But just purely from like a marketing perspective, having to get people to buy into that team again that's lost in the first round five consecutive years would be so tough. Like you're going to hear from the media on all different yeah. sides. I think, Johnny, you had a great point last week where it's like if they can beat Boston and like exercise those demons, they are going to be – like I think they're just a team of destiny. Like I think they're, they're so much yeah. more prone to win the Stanley Cup if they're able to go through Boston because the amount of momentum that would build up from beating a team that's just had your number for so long would be huge. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, we'll wrap things up here um, on that topic. We'll have people comment below what they think of the Leafs. Um, what would be an acceptable outcome this year? We want to know what you guys think. Uh, drop them in the comments. And like always, hopefully next week we are in person. We'll have a beer. We'll chat some hockey. And uh, we'll see you guys next week.